All right, welcome everybody to the season finale of Chef Life Live. Uh, Going to be taking a few weeks off. Got some big things happening this summer. Get married, moving into a new apartment, so a lot of things happening. Going to round up uh, a bunch of new guests for the next season and make sure everything's ready to roll out and should be awesome. But so thank you for everyone for joining me tonight. I'm really excited for my guest. Um, he, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he made it really big on YouTube. He had a food truck in New York. And he makes really awesome, really quality videos, and it's really cool. And so I'm really happy that he agreed to be on. Um, so let's bring him on, and we'll get to know him a little bit better. What's up? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. So why don't you you know, tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, You know, where, where are you coming from? Um, yeah, so kind of have uh probably like a 10 year come up before i started the show um started in advertising kind of studied marketing uh in college went to business school um and i was just kind of like entering advertising as like social media was disrupting everything so okay. i saw a very short future in that um and at the same time kind of really got interested in food my brother was a chef uh, he went to French Culinary Institute. He was working um, some of the top places in the city. Um, so I kind of like had that vision of it, you know, but I never wanted to mm -hmm. be a chef. Um, yeah. uh, and so when I was working in advertising, food trucks were a thing. So I was like, this is cool. Um, and I started, I planned to have a food, uh, grilled cheese food truck. So yeah. I, I kind of moonlighted in advertising and, and until like I had uh, a business plan and got a permit with the city and uh, got it all straightened out and had a brand and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. My whole thing was like, I would be the brand guy. Uh, my brother was a chef and we had this other guy that was like kind of an operations guy. Um, but you know, that kind of, I ended up having to become like a, a cart workhorse. So that's kind of cut my teeth in the, in the, food industry that way my brother mm -hmm. ended up cooking all the food this other guy was running around and I was basically like doing the cart myself so having okay. to like amuse people manage everything do the money um you know it got to the point where like I kind of loved the chaos of it where like you can kind of like yeah. play around and like control the, the the chaos that was going on um mm -hmm. that's something I really miss but like I couldn't just do that forever the Splitting a food truck revenue between three business owners in New York City with like, it wasn't really conducive to start a, bit, a food truck. Um, okay. It was really tough. So we did that for yeah. like two, three years, really like anything we could, expanded the business to like beyond just serving it on the side of the street. Um, and then uh, had a falling out and closed the business um, and then got into camera stuff. So I saw a, a, an old friend from advertising asked if I would food style some uh, of the brands uh, that they were working with and take photos. Mm -hmm. So I sort of was like, did one photo, I got paid like $250 for it. And I was like, holy nice. shit. I was like, this is a potential business here. So I kind of developed the yeah. uh, camera skills um, and, and got clients here and there and then um, built into the video component. So that's where I sort of practiced how to do photo and video for the channel mm -hmm. um and like 2000 was it the december of 2017 after doing that that kind of business for a while 
I lost uh, one client that was like big, that was like really keeping me afloat. Um, and they kind of stopped working with me because they were just reevaluating all their social media stuff. Um, so mm. that business kind of fell, uh, fell through. And then a month later, I, uh, I was engaged at the time and that failed. So like my life kind of fell apart within the span of a month. Um, and wow. so I moved back home and within like a, a week or two of moving back home, uh, I started the, the channel. Um, okay. it was just, it was just sort of like, a um, something I'd wanted to do forever. Like when I was running the, when I was in advertising, I also had a, a, a food blog where I would just use, like, yeah. I, would, I would use a camera and shoot like 50 photos of a recipe, like really like a, the visual, okay. the visualization of a recipe before video was really a thing. And when photos were still expensive for like cookbooks. So I was like, maybe I'll just do like the visualization of it. Um, so for yeah. me, recipes were always this esoteric thing that people, most people didn't understand. Um, they were like inherently flawed because so much had to be left out just because of yeah. the nature of what cooking is. Um, right. And so when I was looking back at my life in this sort of down dark moment, I was like, damn, I'm sort of like built for like the, if you look at the skill sets I've acquired, um, mm -hmm. cooking, video production, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was like, I could do this and I always wanted to. And I was at a point where like, I really couldn't, you know, like I couldn't lose anything really. Yeah. I had nothing to lose. So yeah, I gave it a lose. shot. Yeah. I gave it a shot and, um, I knew I sort of had an eye cut from the work that I had done for, for clients. Um, mm -hmm. and so I tried to have some sort of style to it and create like a format and, um, yeah. And it worked out. I mean, thankfully I've had a few pasta videos that, uh, I can kind of attribute to most of the growth. Um, and it's one of those things that's funny with YouTube. It's like, you only really need a few, one or two like things to hit. And then right. it's sort of like people find your other stuff that they like, you know what I mean? And, and so yeah, you, you just... only need to experience that a few times to really take a leap. And, uh, I mean, even for me now it's, it's become really like a challenging thing. The, the industry has changed a lot, right? In, in yeah. the last three years, in the last year, it's completely transformed like the bar is raised. Now every single person who like couldn't start uh, film a movie last year, you know, everyone is a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so like, there's just so much content. Um, it's hard to really kind of figure out how to evolve what that really entails. Um, yeah. That's sort of the fun of it. Like the, pr the production process, I feel like you have to, you have to be a, uh, uh, a practitioner of and a student of, you know what I mean? In order to really yeah. figure out what this YouTube game is about. Cause it is very different. Um, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're yeah. asked to kind of be our own Netflix in a way, understand thumbnails and, and, and click through rates yeah. and all of this stuff that nobody really teaches you about. Right. So it's like, uh, it's an interesting journey and, uh, it's been really gratifying and I'm really, feel really fortunate for the position that I've been in. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. And yeah, like you said with YouTube, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird thing of like trying to get discovered on YouTube. And that's, that was a really good analogy of it's kind of like Netflix where we, you do have to learn what's going to be eye catching and what's going to keep people's attention. And 
And it's, yeah, it's really hard. I did, I had no idea what went into like making a really good YouTube channel when I started. And it's just like still working Me too. And I remember <laughs> I was like, a, I must've been like a year and a half in to my channel and I was watching Netflix and I kept noticing these, these movies that I'd watched, those shows that I've watched with new thumbnails, mm-hmm. always yeah. changing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, that's so important that Netflix is doing it all the time. So why yeah. aren't I, you know what I mean? And then I had this revelation and then started learning about like a lot of the things Mr. Beast um, kind of shares with the world. Um, yeah. In terms of just like figuring out that average d- view duration and just like, it's more, it's more about crafting better videos. You know what I mean? Even sometimes right. I'll go back and watch an old video. And I'm like, why are you talking so much? What does this have to do with the video? And it sort of helps inform the new videos that I make, right? It's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. tighten it. Let's figure out how to right. be able to express yourself the way you want to express yourself, but in a a real, like, thought-through way. Don't just try and fling it out and see what happens, you know? So I'm trying to get better at stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And your videos are really great. They're, like, kind of straight to the point, but not, like, too rushed. Like, you definitely understand what's going on, but it's not, like, a just drawn-out, really slow process. Like, you get to the point, you show what you need to do, and that's it. Well, yeah. I, I, the, part of what I wanted to do and that I thought I could do maybe a little bit different is show more of the recipe without it look feeling like, uh, te- like you know, making your eye bored right like how do you Mm -hmm. show like a long process without making it visually like disorienting with like tight cuts and all that kind of stuff that youtube does um how do you show that process more like for me i'm the visual learner i want you to see more of what i'm doing but still have it engaging and not um you know like a five minute process that there's no speed ramping or there's no um manipulation to sort of make the viewer stay tied to the screen. So it's always a lot of thought about that. And I mean, I'm trying to bring on uh, an editor and, um, and a lot of what I'm struggling with now is like, how do I communicate that? Like, how do I communicate what I was thinking about and what I want to communicate to somebody Mm -hmm. who maybe doesn't think like me? when it comes to food right, yeah. or maybe isn't even, uh, doesn't have a really uh, deep understanding of food to begin with. Um, so, you know, now there's a lot of other challenges like that. Like, how do you figure out a sustainable way of doing this? How do you grow? How do you get better at all these things? How do you get better as a cook? How do you t- find right. time to like learn more things? Um, yeah. And so it's, it's a lot, you know I mean? Sometimes I get jealous of uh, some of the YouTubers that could just, talk to the camera you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it, you can almost you, you have more freedom right like it's it's a lot harder for me like i feel a lot of pressure to really nail some of these recipes so it involves testing and uh, right. pr- like premeditation weeks ahead without like you know and still kind of producing it in a way where i'm like pinched for time you know what i mean so trying right. to figure out ways to just make life easier and like figure out the efficiency of the whole production yeah, definitely. Uh, and you kind of just talked about how you kind of get jealous of other YouTubers, but uh, Julia is asking, like, do you mostly compare content to your other content or other YouTubers? Um, I I try. Look, I'm a human being. I can't 
I'm not going to sit here and lie and say like, I don't compare my content to other YouTube videos. Um, I try not to, um, if mm -hmm. anything, I compare it to videos outside of my niche. I like find okay. a lot yeah. of, uh, inspiration, not in food videos, right? Cause you know, we're all roughly doing an iteration of the same thing, right? right. What are other yeah. YouTubers doing that I can be influenced by that I can kind of weave into my strategy. Um, so I'm, I'm often looking outside of the food world. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't, it, it's human nature to compare yourself to others, but you really shouldn't. And right. you should, uh, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but like, it's an act I'm actively trying to focus like on me what's what's my world like like if you're just getting better yeah. than you were then you're going to keep progressing so i'm just trying to not get worse or fall behind i'm just trying to stay ahead in my own little lane and yeah. i think if you can try to do that then that's like the best healthiest way to do it because then you get bogged down on other stuff that gets in the way it'll fog your mind and it's no good yeah, I mean, I do that all the time. My fiance can attest that I'm constantly watching like other like food YouTubers and I'll like just watch one of their videos and I'm like, God, this is so good. It's so good. It's straight to the point. Like the camera works great. Talking to the camera is really great and it's a good recipe. And so it's just like, it's just envy at the end of the day where it's like, I man, they're I just doing so well. I think it's good if you have a healthy aspiration. Like that's where I want to go. And yeah, you can use that to to like define a uh you know an, a place where you might arrive with work so i think if you can if you know yourself um and you can sort of figure out how to like you almost have to manipulate yourself you know what i mean be like yeah. you know it's 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 what i'm aspiring to i'm working towards there and i'm gonna get there with baby steps um right. and that's you know you, you do what you do the best you can but we're all trying Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely tough. Like, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to the same thing of like your first video versus like the latest video you put out and like the difference in quality versus just the recipe or how you delivered it, the camera work, whatever it is. Like, I think my first video I ever put out was like 20 minutes long for like gnocchi and bolognese, just like way too long of a video. And yeah, now like I've, you know, I've gotten better, a little bit better equipment and everything. And so I'm definitely you know, my videos are just better. It's hard because like your 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 bar for yourself is always raising. So what you were what you thought was a good video when you made your first video is different than what you think is a good video now. And so right. um, and so that's the thing is like you keep kind of getting close to the bar, but the bar keeps being pushed with out of reach. And so I think that's like a that's a healthy way way to be is you just keep you constantly evolving to kind of keep reaching that bar. So that's yeah. YouTube. It's never, it's always changing. I mean, even now with shorts, right. And vertical videos, right. like the whole new world that most of us aren't comfortable with, but we had to just jump in and not really have much opinion about it. So. Yeah. I mean, now like the cooking, like TikTok videos are really taken off. I've done, I know you do TikTok videos as well. I haven't started doing those myself, but yeah, it's, um, just adapting to everything that's happening with social media. And I, you know, 
I, I never watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, but I'm sure it talks about our shrink, our shortening attention spans, you know, as time goes on with social media. So I'm sure that's also playing into how people watch videos, how people look for videos, and everything like that. So I mean, what's kinda, funny is like I, my attention span is probably like I I'm watching YouTube videos all day on my TV. Like while I'm working, YouTube is now not on my phone or my computer. It's on mm -hmm. my TV. You can even you can always see it right there. Uh, yeah. like that's now my preferred way to watch YouTube. So for me, as much as I am investing in vertical video, I now think for every person who now has a cable box who's going to ditch that mm -hmm. in the next three years, they're yeah. going to become they're going to realize. YouTube is like another Netflix, right? And once they yeah. just start to, to realize it, right? And they find their people and they find their little niches that they like to play in. There's a whole world there that they're gonna discover. Yeah. And, you know, I just think YouTube uh, viewership on TV is going to explode in the next five years. So, um, I, you know, I'm trying to keep a nice balance. It's, it's difficult. And I think I've slowed, like I've been, I've been able to, like, Oh, audio cut out. We can't hear you. I don't know if it's on me or on you. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, like, um, I'm just doing so many more edits now that I'm not getting out the same schedule and consistency that I used to. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I'm just trying to, to figure out how to manage it all. It's like It, it felt like within this last year, everything just kind of happened. So, everything sped up a lot. Right, like yeah, absolutely. we yeah. had to like move faster, and I don't think um, it, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean, I think the last year took a lot of people by surprise with everything that happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, cooking with CJ here is asking: Is it CJ. true that Steve? Yeah, have you? Uh, to all of us, to being on the hot seat, asking for a friend. Yeah, that's a shameless plug right there. But I will say I owe all of the success to CJ for sure. All right. <laughs> CJ's cool. I was on CJ's show. He, he let me be on it, and it was really cool uh, talking to him. He's, his, his YouTube channel is awesome. If anyone out there is looking for some good barbecue recipes, cooking with CJ, it's good. It's a good channel. Come a long way, CJ, over the past few years, huh? I know. He's been blowing up, man. He's like when I, for, when I first reached out to him, I think he had – just maybe right around 10,000 or maybe less. I'm not sure, but now he's up to quite a, I don't even know where you're at CJ, but yeah, he's killing it. He's definitely over 50. Is he over 50 now, man? Yeah. I think it was, so. Yeah. That's awesome. It just goes to show that like, you know, you just get a beat. You got to show up, you grow. We all grow like certain speeds. Like I'm where I'm at because of a few pops. Right. But like, I'm just yeah. like, there's no exponential growth where I am right now. I'm still digging, right? I'm still the the amount of my my subscriber growth per month. It is constantly fluctuating. Some months it's really good. Some months it's really bad or scary. Or I think there's like a reversal happening. So I'm yeah. always just trying to like you can't you can't really rest on yourself. You know what I mean? You can't be complacent. You kind of always got to be digging, pushing, and and trying to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I started doing the live show. I mean, I, I definitely got this idea from CJ. He was like, dude, if you want your numbers, your view time bumped up, you got to do live. 
live shows. And so I was like, all right, well, that's great. And so that's kind of how this whole show spawned. But um, yeah, like you said, you just got to just keep hustling, keep pushing and keep working at it. Now, yeah, I mean, live I watched... is... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go. I was just saying okay. live is something I'm thinking a lot about. Um, I haven't really jumped into it, um, but I'm... I think it's kind of evolved to the point where like I could do a live cooking show with a way of interacting that is sort of fluent. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, mm -hmm. it's really hard to manage everything. And especially like if I'm not going to have anybody there do, doing live streams, like I want to make sure I have it all kind of set up, but it's definitely something that YouTube yeah. is trying to push. So I'm just trying to kind of, you know, I, I kind of realize like when, when a, a platform offers a new feature, that's like a little mm -hmm. hint to you. Like you better start doing this. And yeah, so it's like yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to do more of the things that YouTube is is pushing. That makes sense. It's a good strategy. I need to do better at like kind of watching those those cues myself. Um, now you had talked about like you had a few like big jumps in your subscriptions, and I know before from an interview I'd seen with you, it was due to some of your pasta videos, and you were kind of worried about getting stuck in that niche or niche, whatever, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, and just being known as like the pasta guy. Yeah, um, I think I, I don't know, I think for the detriment of my channel, maybe I think I pushed away from that in the sense that like, or what I was trying to do is sort of create a, a wider pool to play in, but with like a focus on Italian. Um, okay. So, you know, as, I, it's interesting because I look at a lot of channels like, you know, our friend Guga does like steak steak channel and then he does a sous vide channel. And I always mm -hmm. think to myself like, man, should I have just done only pastas, only Italian food and just dealt with that? And like if I had probably have like twice as many subscribers as I do today. Um, but I did. That's just like what I, I didn't want to. I don't you know what I mean? Like. Uh, I, I yeah. know it's probably the right thing to do. Um, a lot of people like split channels and stuff like that. Um, right. Because some people don't, some people just want my pastas and other people want me to try Mexican food or Asian food. And uh, it's like that diversion of audiences that sort of sometimes can hurt a channel. But I sort yeah. of just decided that um, I just wanted, I'm going to do it on my, my alt. I'm going to do shorts on my channel. I'm not going to make a second shorts channel. I'll do lives yeah. on my channel. I'm going to do all the recipes that I want on my channel. I'm going to just, the whole goal was to kind of create like a cooking show for home cooks so, or yeah. a cooking school for home cooks. So um, that's what I wanted to do. And I sort of am focused on doing that. And um, I've, I'm not so worried so much about like growth of numbers. I think mm -hmm. that in the future, like, a creator is not going to be defined by their numbers. There'll be a way some, there'll be some sort of breakthrough where we don't have to worry about the algorithm of YouTube anymore. Um, and I, I truly believe that, um, not that like YouTube goes away or anything, but like, I think there'll be other mm -hmm. ways for us to be valued. Um, rather yeah. than you think of somebody like Mr. Beast gets, 50 million views a video and then some people's views yeah. are going down it's like where is this like this imbalance yeah. of uh of viewership <laughs> going and it's not that like i don't i'm not saying mr beast doesn't deserve it 
I'm just saying it's like an interesting way that an algorithm works when we're all hustling yeah. and we're, we're people want to see some of our videos and they might not see them. Um, right. And so I'm focused more so on just being, being better, like just make better videos that you're, you, you want to watch. And if you do that, yeah. you'll just keep getting better. And uh, there's some things you just can't fully control. Like I can control like making better thumbnails or titles, or if I can't do it, finding uh, somebody who I could pay to do it. You know what I mean? Like these things I can control and I can work on all of my skills and getting better at production, but I can't really control the algorithm. I can try and give it right. what it wants, but uh, at the end of the day, I kind of have to just do what I'm going to do. And you know, whatever will happen will happen. Yeah. I mean, it's all we can do is just keep pushing forward and kind of hope for the best and hopefully things turn out. So just to backtrack a little bit with your, your food truck, you have a brother who's a chef. Is he still a chef in the industry right now? No, he's not. No, no. Was that due to the pandemic or did he leave the industry? After he the wanted food truck? to transition after the food truck. I think he, he, he opened helped open up a few restaurants, but um, he transitioned into sales. Okay. It's like food sales and stuff like that. Now I had, I, you know, I did my best to do my research on you to find out as much as I could and everything. And uh, from what I found, like, you didn't really have that, like, you know, uh, obsession with food. You weren't like a foodie growing up and that wasn't really a passion of yours. Is that, is that right? I, I think when I look back on it, like I didn't have an overt passion, like you might know me to have today, but there was mm -hmm. something underneath me that I didn't really see until I was older. Right. But like, when I look back, mm -hmm. I fell asleep to, uh, Iron Chef Japan every night when Food Network was barely a network. Um, mm -hmm. I remember, like, you know, this we're talking when you had 30 channels only, and, yeah. you know, most of them you didn't want to watch. And so I would watch uh, the Food Network all the time. And when I would go out to eat uh, breakfast at a diner, I would like the man sitting at the counter so I could watch short order cooks work. And so like all okay. of these things, I, you know, like at the time you don't see, you don't put the pieces together, but it wasn't until I was older where, um, I started getting involved with food. And then my brother was like, you have a knack for it. And so it's, you know, how some people that they just have a, uh, you know, they, they just get it. Uh, I had a, a yeah. palate. I understood food a little bit like naturally, I guess. And then as I learned about it, it sort of evolved. And like, even today, like I, my goal is never to be like uh, the greatest chef or cook or whatever. I, my goal is to be like the best teacher and translator. So it's like what great chefs do, I want to understand and translate to somebody that struggles to even grasp it. And then hopefully if I could find a way to package that in a way that even the least confident cook can understand, that is a contribution that I can give. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, it seems like, it feels like something that I could kind of like do forever. And so that's sort of where, where I saw myself. Cause you know, it's like a lot of, a lot of the, there's a lot of ego um, around, you know, the best, like, especially when you read titles, it, it's gross. Yeah. I mean, I, I use titles myself. It's gross, but you, that's how you, you can't, when you, do a title without it and with it and you realize the difference like you're like yeah oh, shit, i gotta use it uh um, right but 
but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't care about, you know, if somebody, if I beat somebody on a cooking competition show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like the least of my, the, of my desires in life. But um, for me, if I can, if somebody can watch my videos and be like, I made this and it was awesome. And I've yeah. like, you know, you, and you, it's one of those people where like, I've had um, wives on, on social media that like, the, the, uh, the husband just posted something and they're like, he's never cooked mm -hmm. before. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. that, that's the best feeling when, when somebody who just like had a breakthrough, um, that's like what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, the food service industry is full of ego. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of it. Like, cause there's so many chefs that like, they have to be the best. That's what drives them. They want to be the best. They're, they want that best restaurant and everything. And, I've definitely succumbed to it. Like I've, you know, I tried working in some of the best restaurants and cause I wanted that, that feeling of being with the best and everything. But at the end of the day, like my passion for food was always like, I love cooking for people. I love that sense of that people just loved what I made and bringing people together and just eating. And so it's, um, I think the whole ego thing is never going to go away, but it's something that's starting to, that it's starting, starting to, get to curve a little bit. It's, yeah. You know what it is? It's 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 a move away from that grandma mentality where it's like, you know, I'll give you the ingredients to the recipe, but I won't give you the recipe because I don't really yeah. ever want you to be able to make it. You know what I mean? It's I want it to be my yeah. legacy to right. we only all grow like, uh, oh, there was such a great quote about um, the only way knowledge grows is by sharing it. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, the only way for like these ways, these like uh, authentic methods of cooking pastas, the way they do in Italy mm -hmm. for the re like and understanding the reason why they did it a lot of the times, like uh, the fact that like these ingredients teach you about the geography of the place. You know what I mean? Like you can right. understand yeah. the place by a lot of these dishes. It's like um, if you don't, if we don't keep these things alive, you know, they just kind of vanish, you know what I mean? And yeah. then we, a lot of the Americans just, we, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with having fun in the kitchen, but when you start to like identify these foods as something other than what they were, it's like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, we let's learn the history of it. Then you can play yeah. around. Like, you know what I mean? That's my mind to like learn the proper method and then you can play around. And the, the way you can play around is so much more fun and you have like more control. Yeah. Um, and so, Absolutely. yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a big fan of the sharing of knowledge. Like we're in this world, this digital world now where it's like, if you have something to share, you have to share it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree hundred percent. I had a few chefs that have like Mexican backgrounds, heritage, and I had asked them about kind of like a cult cultural appropriation with, with their own cuisine with like uh, Rick Bayless, who kind of made a name for himself with Mexican cuisine and everything. And both of them said they kind of applauded him. They thanked him for like bringing that forward because as chefs, it's like an obligation, it's a uh, responsibility to share that knowledge of like where this food and these ingredients and these methods are truly coming from. Not just like, look, I made this amazing thing. It's, it came from history. It came from centuries of people doing it. And now I'm presenting it to you in a different area. And so it's like a chef's responsibility to share that knowledge. Yeah. To, yeah. And so it's really, uh, it's, uh, so that's it's what's cool about now. It's like 
we're yeah. seeing a lot of chefs jump into this new world. So whereas like it used to be maybe um, amateur cooks in in do, doing YouTube channels and whatnot, like now we're seeing um, a lot more professionals in spite of last year. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic because like what's happening is like there's a lot of fake news in the food world that's being corrected because people are teaching proper ways of doing it. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're reading comments to, to all these of all these um, these chefs who are now sharing their knowledge. They're like, I never knew how to do that it's because people have been yeah. teaching you wrong for years. And uh, right. and so I think, you know, it's a uh, it's only good if we can just kind of do that more with everything and we can just have more proper Absolutely. information in the world, you know? Yeah. Proper information would be good to on a more regular basis in today's world for sure. Um, so with your brother being a chef, like how did the, the food truck like really come to be? Did your brother just approach you and say, Hey, I want to do a food truck. Like I want you with me on this. Like how did that really come about? With not having um, well, a, like a real background in food. Um, well, you know, I went to business school, so I was like, had always my mind on um, a business, and um, I was in a bookstore, and I saw this like book for fifty grilled cheese recipes. I was like, that's it, grilled cheese, <laughs> and um, and so well, I just got that earbud notification. That's, uh, that's nice. That's strategic right there. <laughs> Let me just make sure it connects. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote up a business plan um, and uh, I mainly wrote the business plan with like our other partner. Um, and six months later, we were sort of kind of ready to, we got a permit from the, from the parks department. Um, so it's like the time it's like a lottery, right? You can't really get okay. a token to be a, a food vendor. You're, you had to like find some guy who had a token and rent it for $20,000 a year. Um, so they, I wanted to do it legit. So I um, went through the parks department. They were like offering bids you know, a spot outside of Central Park, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so we got one. And once we got one, I was like, damn, we got it. We have to figure out money to get a truck. And so yeah. um, I think um, my grand, my grandfather had recently passed away at the time. And my mom had cashed in his life insurance plan. I think it was like $50,000. And so my mom gave it to me to start the food truck essentially. Wow. Um, so that was like uh, a bad investment on her part, but it was uh, very fortunate at the time to have had that money. Um, what it was tough, you know, we kind of, we had enough money to get it off the ground, but we started mm -hmm. with like $500 in the bank. And if you know anything about food service, if you're listening, like you, you literally can't survive without money. <laughs> and so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so literally from day one, we were climbing out of a, out of a pit. Um, and we did it the best we could. We lasted like the almost three years. Um, you know, we were doing like, 
we were inside of like the Citigroup building and the Deutsche Bank building and all of these financial buildings, like renting um, mm -hmm. a booth in the cafeteria for like pop-up kind of, they have vendors that come in like every yeah. few times a week and do like a pop-up. Mm -hmm. And so we would serve bami sandwiches. Um, we kind of developed a few bami sandwiches that were really fast to put together. They weren't, they didn't have to be grilled cheeses. So we would hop around during the lunchtime, bang out a service and, you know, we, we would do that. We, we had little uh, food stands around like um, little street fairs around the city. Mm. We would do yeah. uh, electric zoo and governor's ball. We would do both of those, which were like three days in a row on the weekend with two concepts, the food truck and the bami tent. It was like in pure insanity doing these things. I'm talking to 20,000 people for three days, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. Like by the end of this weekend, you're exhausted, but it's like you make like $40,000, but you really don't make any money because it right. costs so much and you pay you all, these put all that back in. And then you look at yourself and you're like, what did I, why did we even just do that? You know what I mean? So like, that was like the reality <laughs> yeah. of my life as a food truck owner. It's like, everyone loved it. We, you know, we had uh, kind of a cult following. Um, finances were always hard. And, you know, I just couldn't envision a life uh, of doing that forever. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I mean, from everyone that I've talked to that has owned a restaurant, it's, you know, that's it. That's your life. Yeah. It, it, maybe in 10 years, you can finally start like taking those breaks, maybe sooner, depending on how successful it is. But like, you, you got to be there all the time. Yeah, so it was hard. It's, uh, you know, it's like we would wake up in the January and be like, oh my God, it's 20 degrees. We'd just be like, can we even operate? And we'd go and like, our, there's an icicle hanging out of um, our sink <laughs> and it's just all sorts of things. Like, you know, like we shovel the cart out of it. We had a little dolly. We literally had to pull. We had to parallel park it with a pulley, essentially. Oh, so God. it was just like, it was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> fortunately, my brother, yeah, sounds... his, my brother's nickname was Bear Claw for, because he could like, okay. rip a phone book in half. Um, nice. So he's a, he, he has the German genes in the family. I have the Italian okay. genes. He's more of a <laughs> okay. big body brute. So he was very useful on the cart. Yeah, I bet. I feel like you might have taken up a lot of space in the cart, though. If he was the big, I don't know how much space you had in there, but it seemed like we could fit three people. Are very small. We we could fit three people, and no one would ever have to take a step. And it was it was efficient. It was nice. We banged out a lot of food in a six by eight cart. Yeah, that's that's small. <laughs> that's really cool. I had read also that Anne Hathaway went to your food truck. Is that true? The day she got proposed to. So That's we were right. in like yeah. Pop Sugar, uh, the, the paparazzi. We were in Fort Greene yeah. Park, which is where like our home base essentially. Um, I guess she okay. lived in Brooklyn. And um, and yeah, she her, her husband came up or her fiance at the time came up. I remember it was the oddest thing. Like um, I took the order. I didn't like make a fuss about it. I didn't give them any clue that I knew. I was like, we had people around the truck. Um, yeah, I'm sure. So he was like, uh, I'll have a salad and a grilled cheese. And he, he asked, he was like, how much for an iced tea? I said, $2. He's like, okay, oh, forget it. 
was like, what? It's like you just that's proposed to Anne Hathaway in the two dollar iced tea. There's a deal breaker for you. Oh my god! Uh, he probably spent a lot on the ring, and so you know maybe money was a little tight. Couldn't spare that two bucks for this. For the iced uh, what did you think? What did you think an honest tea was going to cost you? You know, I mean, these things that are sounds reasonable these to me. Like two cheap. bucks. Yeah, but that's not even that expensive. I just thought that, that is funny. Like, uh, uh, and so yeah, the next day we were in like the uh, the tabloids, and there were all these angles of photographs. I was like, where were these people? These these paparazzi <laughs> literally are in bush taking these photos. I'm sure. Insane. I mean, I can't imagine so, how yeah. much they got for those photos being in the bushes. But did you so, see yeah, a? Did you see any increase in your like customer base after that happened? Like being in the tabloids no. and Anne Hathaway? No. It had but, nothing. By it that, did nothing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, by that point, did you already have you like your your kind of cult following there? We were like established at that point. Um, okay. You know, like people, we were in Brooklyn, so it wasn't like people came to to Fort Greene, Brooklyn, to see us, but they would see us at all these events throughout the city that we would pop okay. in on. Um, so, like, you know, we kind of had a a wider net than our little corner in Fort Greene. But I loved Fort okay. Greene. Fort Greene is like. One of the coolest places in the city. I miss it all the time. I've actually never been to New York, so I don't know where that is. It's on my list. I need to go, but I have never been to New York, unfortunately. If you're ever in Fort Greene, look out for a guy named Coconut Rob on the side of the street making uh, tropical juices. It's like one of the Rob. true New York experience. He doesn't have a menu. He asks you what you want, and mm -hmm. he just comes up with something on the spot. And he has this uh, sugar cane that he juices on. It's like he's, he's got a little uh, like hippie van behind okay. that he just kind of, you know, he's like a vagabond. The coolest dude you'll ever meet. Try, look, if you're ever in the area, look out for him in like okay. the summer. He should be there. Okay. Yeah, we're actually, I forgot that we're, my fiance and I were going to New York uh, for New Year's for a wedding. But obviously that's. Not in the summer, so. Yeah. Where <laughs> but, are you located? I, I'm in Chicago. Yeah, right here in Chicago. It's great. I let, you guys have, have you a been, lot of wild ramps up there. Yes, we do. I've been seeing everyone's been posting. I saw you were posting stuff about ramps. It's ramp season. Everyone's. I haven't gone foraging yet, but I probably should. Got to make some kimchi. Yep. Ramp kimchi is the best. That's it. Yeah, I'll make a video about that one. I don't know. But uh, have you, I'm assuming you've been to Chicago. I haven't. You haven't? Well, you definitely need to come. I do. It's a yeah, great food it's city. definitely a good time. Yeah, it's a great food city. Hopefully, you can come once it's like fully open to really get the full experience. Hopefully, we don't have as much kind of like craziness going on as Chicago normally does as last summer. But I feel like yeah. when this is over, I'll, I'll just like pick up and go someplace. Like, I'm, if you told me this in a year, I might just go to Chicago this weekend. You know, what I mean, I'm just so itching to, to like ex to like do a, a life thing. You know, what I mean, yeah. I I really <laughs> settled such... into like a hermit because I, I was always a hermit. Yeah. This was not much nothing anything new for me, but like I really okay. was like, oh, so we're not going out. We're just gonna work for the next year, and so like I really yeah. kind of hunkered down, and I'm like really dying to do stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, feel A lot of people feel that way. But, yeah, well, when you come to Chicago, hit me up. I know the spots. For sure. Yeah. So after you do the food truck, and then – is that and then that's when you started doing the photography food photography did you have like an ex experience with like photography because of your advertising <clears throat> background no youtube youtube like just, just all youtube you know, you, youtube is every it's given me everything for me when i was when i was running a food truck i was one of the things that pissed me off so much was that I didn't have all of the skills to run it. I couldn't develop okay. a website the way I wanted to. I couldn't do things I needed to technically, right? And so mm -hmm. I was like, God, imagine I had learned coding or something as a kid. And I, I, I began to realize like this game of life is all about skills, right? Like I was like, yeah. I don't have enough skills right now. And so when I stopped the food truck, I was like, I went on a journey to accumulate all of the skills I needed. I didn't necessarily know which ones I needed, but I was like, yeah. I had my eyes open and I was like, uh, I was ready to just kind of like, uh, you know, like Bruce Lee, like, you know, go with the water. Like I just let the water yeah. take me. And, you know, I ran into somebody who wanted me to pick up a camera. So I picked up a camera and once it paid a dollar, I was like, I should kind of get good at this probably. So then I would go on YouTube and just figure it out. I would see, you know, the basically YouTube may simplified it, right? Like it's basically three things you need to yeah. know about a camera. It's like ISO, aperture, and shutter speed. If you know those and and you go out and you you take photos and you play with all those settings, you're like, oh, this does that, that does this, this, mm -hmm. that, that, right? And you, you kind of get a feel for it, right? And then once you do that, you realize the other most important thing is lighting. Right. So if you can figure yeah. out lighting, whether you learn through a window and you kind of just, you know, take photos from every angle and you're like, oh, this one's nice, this one's nice, and you get a feel for it, you know, then you can realize like what night natural lighting is doing, and then you can replicate it with artificial lighting by softening yeah. it, bouncing it off, diffusing it, all of these things, and you you start to learn which, you know, like uh you take a photo of a flower looking up at the sun and you realize like the the backlit when you backlit light a flower it looks really nice so maybe a salad yeah. looks nice backlit you know what I mean? and you just you start to do things and and you start to get a feel for it and i started to look at my eyes like cameras right so like when i'm out mm -hmm. you start to look look at something and be like okay compose it in an interesting way in your eyes yeah right and and s try and see it different and then those just you know walking around the city and looking up and all this stuff you start to like train yourself to think differently and all of a sudden i became a photographer and then with those skill sets that easily translates to video and video right. earned more money so i was like i need to be doing yeah. video and photography i could bundle them and package them and, and so it was sort of like that and, and just picked up skills along the way um and then eventually when i needed them most i was able to put them all together into the thing that i do today yeah with your your cooking skills now i'm sure they've increased quite a lot with doing these videos and probably looking up new methods and everything like that but did you learn a lot from being in the food truck just being with your brother and then just kind of figuring out along the way of doing your videos i think what the food truck taught me was taste. Like I would, 
I, I trusted my palate so much that I would, without like fear of being laughed at, like feel like we need to adjust the seasoning here to two chefs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was the yeah. chef. And it wasn't to be like, you know, to assert power. It was like, I'm not tasting it the right way. And yeah. I just, I, I thought that I had um, an idea of what it had to be. And so I think what that helped me do is like develop my, my palate. Like it made me confident that I was a cook, right? I okay. could yeah. put together flavors. I understood food. I think when I, now with the show, I've taken taken a real step back, right? And it's more like, mm-hmm. take your ego out of it and let's be a student first, right? Like, so I'm a student of these pastas before I teach them. And so yeah. through the studying of them and making them and doing the, the deep thinking through the recipe, where it's like, where are the missteps here? Where mm-hmm. are people going to screw this up? How do I preempt that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's all of that kind of stuff that I'm developing now. I think at the end of the day, I truly identify more as a teacher, right? And it's like, if I can just take these ideas and teach them in a clearer way, that is my role. That's what I'm here to do. And I think that is something like I, I, I feel really good about doing on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. How does it feel now? You're kind of like, even when I just Google search your name, like kind of as a chef Steven, you know, how does that feel to be kind of I be identified as a chef now when like it wasn't anything you really wanted, you know, before? I don't. Up? I mean, I this thing is I don't really identify as a chef. It's more or less what people want to call you, and so yeah. it's easier. Um, I identify more as like a grandma, to be honest. Like I, okay. my view, my world view of and cooking style is more grandma than chef. But I have a chefy aspect to obviously like the things that I do, um, you know. Like my brother, when he graduated from the FCI, um, I think it was Jacques Pepin was like at the the graduation, gave like the speech, and he was like, I remember it so vividly. He was telling everybody like, "You guys are not chefs, you're you're cooks. Like right. chefs is an earned term." And yeah, absolutely, I understand that very clearly. So when I have that chef next to my name, even, you know, I put it on Instagram because they allowed, they don't have cook, they have chef. Right. So it's yeah. like, um, and so, you know, like, uh, I'm always, I'm a little self-conscious when like a chef reads that and I'm like, you know, yeah. you know, I'm not a chef. We, we all know, you know what I mean? So I hope there's like an understanding like nowadays, but, uh, but yeah, it's like a weird word. It's it's not people throw it around real easily, and um, I think it's just more more because it's easier. Like cook just doesn't sound as good when you're right. describing the industry um, as chef does. So I think this is, right. people tend to use that more. Yeah, definitely. I think too, kind of along with ego, like the term of chef is kind of changing. It's not really synonymous with like. Most time it was synonymous with like that very head person, right? Mm-hmm. The top guy was the chef. And that still is definitely true, but just the overall, I think, feeling of the, the term is changing. Um, I've worked in restaurants where everybody's chef. Everyone calls chef, and that's how it is. I've worked in restaurants where that term's not even used. And so it's kind of 
weird. Even like I've been in the industry for a long time. I started cooking in high school. I kind of got away from it. I went to culinary school and all that. Um, professionally cooking for a few years now. And like, I still find it weird to call myself chef. Like I like it because for me, I like putting on the white coat and feeling like I am that chef. But it's like, it is weird. Have I really earned that title? It's like, when do you really know you've earned the title of a chef? So it's yeah. kind of... I mean, you, I could, I could say I'm the chef of my kitchen, right? Like I'm, I'm running my home kitchen. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I could, could, I could bend the definition to do that and it could be fine. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm running it, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm sourcing ingredients like I would for right. a restaurant. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. you know, I, 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 I get like, um, I get that. I think that, that one, that just being there for that graduation just seared in my brain that you're not a chef. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know if I'll always think that, but I definitely will always kind of identify more as a grandma. You know what I mean? I think a lot about like what cooking with love really means. Like, is that an abstract thought or is that a tangible thing that you can do or that you could teach? And for me, yeah. it's, I, I think it's that, that mentality of like when you go to your grandma's house and she's making like a, you know, a pasta dinner, She's not leaving the kitchen ever. She's just marching no. around like a, a chief, just observing all the time. And it's like, is that okay? Does that need a stir? Let me stir it. Right? It, it, that yeah. is the essence of love. It's like you are so in it that you are you're making sure at every step of the way that it's just perfect. So that when somebody yeah. eats it, they just are like blown away. That right. That to me is like, the essence of what I try and achieve on the channel, right? Is like, we're not going to try yeah. and do like the most crazy stuff. We're really going to think about every step of it so that when we're done, we have the best potential thing that we can put out. And that's yeah. what it's all about. Absolutely. But even by that definition of like cooking with love and kind of cooking like grandma would, like that is what a chef should be doing. That is like, if you go to a restaurant that's very chef driven, you know that love's being put in there because that chef is watching over everything. Exactly. They know what they know it needs to be stirred. But if you go to a restaurant, and I'm not trying to talk down on chain restaurants or anything, but like a cheesecake factory or something where it's just got all of these different things. It's the you know, cheesecake factory's menu is so massive. I can't even imagine working that line. Yeah. But like there probably isn't an actual chef in there making sure everything's being done as well as it should be. To the original dish and so like yeah. you know you could identify then as a chef with because you put that love and care into those recipes that in these videos that you're putting out so i would definitely I think say the you earn the you earn the title of chef in my book well thank you i appreciate that i think at the end of the day you know what's what does it really mean you know what i mean we're all just cooking food yeah. and sharing it with each other right. so uh i think you know, the reason why i use it is like if it makes it easier for you to understand what I like, what I kind of do, whatever. That's fair. That's easier. It makes sense. But I but, am trying to be the Italian grandma of the internet. All right. Italian grandma. That's, that's gotta be your, your next channel. You're like the, the sub channel or whatever. Italian grandma of the yeah. internet. If you start, if you start that, that'd probably blow up. Oh, I kind of have an idea for a second channel and I don't know if I want to do it or not. And I don't think I want oh, to man. say it out loud. I, was, I mean, 
You're, you're not going to get to that many people on, on my channel. Like we have six people watching right now, which is great. Thank you all the six people who are watching. Um, but uh, I totally understand. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you come out with another channel, it's going to be great. Your videos are really awesome. You're you're kind of also famous for your your uh, the mouth camera you use for your overhead shots. Because I, I I watched an interview and you said you hated like the tasty style videos, the like directly overhead, the quick, just like hands, and that's it. I think I think I, um, maybe that's why tasty doesn't cover any of my videos because I was just vocally <laughs> we're bashing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, what I hated about them was that they it was another version of the cookbook that was like esoteric right like you're jumping over everything all of yeah. the, the important things that like everybody knows how to make pasta but like what is pasta sauce right these are the things people don't yeah. get but they complain it's too loose it's too thick blah blah because blah. no one is explaining to you what it is you're actually making yeah. right so you just don't understand it it's perpetuating a problem that I had been bothered by for the last 10 years. Um, so for me, when I started the channel, I banned the overhead shot. And it was just like stupid, you know, it was like, it was part ego, right? It was like me trying to, yeah. eventually trying to eliminate all the ego out of the channel. Um, um, and so eventually I realized there is a practical need for that view. It doesn't need to be there for every shot. And I think right. I got so tired of seeing that because because when BuzzFeed does it, everyone does it. So now it's the only yeah. way you can watch a cooking video on the internet. Um, yeah. And so once, I, and what happened was once I had just established my own style separate of that, which was the goal, um, yeah. I realized, okay, maybe I can incorporate this, but how do I do it? I, my, my first thought was these people, the, the, the hands and pans is what they call the hands and pan shop the right, yeah. style videos. They use a big A frame, and yeah, um, I'm shooting practically in a real kitchen, and I'm using equipment that is compact enough to work there. So I, I don't understand mm -hmm. how this was going to work, and I also just didn't want friction at all. I wanted to be able to add another camera without it being a big deal because you know two cameras is a lot. I started with two cameras. Yeah. That becomes an issue. You add another camera. That's another like block of editing you're adding to your workflow, and it's yeah, complicated. It's a lot of footage. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and so I figured the GoPro. For anyone who's watching who doesn't know, this is mouth cam. This fits in there, and uh, cool. <laughs> and I can pop it in and out. People are like, "Why don't you put it on your head?" It's because then I had to put a whole thing on my head. Yeah. And what if it's, is it, is it, um, is it in focus? Is it in frame? Then I have to get my phone thing. Right. If, if I have it right here, I can see if I'm generally in frame or not. So I can, yeah. I can see the, the, the monitor and it's really okay. easy. I could bang it in, get a shot I need and then toss it on the side and then get back into cooking. Like a lot of what I want to do is like be in the moment of cooking when I'm filming. I don't really right. want to have to worry about filming. So um, mouth cam, there are some times when I'm like editing 90% off of mouth cam in the actual video, just because it's like a cool kind of point of view. 
sometimes it's been acting up weird. Like it's not as smooth as, as it used to be. I think like mm-hmm. there was a auto stabilizer that I think maybe yeah. wears out over time. And yeah, so I got to get a, I got to get a new GoPro. I, this is a, what is so it? Which one is that? Yeah, this is seven. Okay. There's like three other generations since then that I don't have. So yeah. it's so crazy how fast these upgrades go. Um, but the new, the, the nine or the 10 is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I think they're on the nine. I bought, I have the eight, I think. Yeah, the eight. And then immediately, like, the nine came out, like, two months later. I was like, great. But, yeah, I use my GoPro for filming when I can. It does work really well. I, I don't know how many shots I miss because, of, like you said, you don't want to miss those moments. But there's plenty of times where I'm in the middle of something and, like, my one camera will stop working or I can't just get to the other one to like, you know, I just can't stop doing whatever I'm doing to like actually film it. And so the mouse See, that, was, to, that was part of the production process is like, for me, it's like, I don't just like the food truck, right? We designed it. Yeah. So I don't want to have to take more than a step to get anything I needed, depending on what station you were at. If I'm at mm-hmm. my station on the, um, on set, I don't want to walk around and adjust the camera or I want to be able to take a step and do whatever, reach over, adjust my right. main camera, grab mouth cam. And, and then the, the goal is to spray shoot, right? So to avoid that one problem that you just talked about is my nightmare. If, if like, I'll have a panic attack in an edit, if I, something's out of focus or a camera didn't work and I just don't have that angle, like that is my nightmare. So for me, the design of, my camera situation is all solely to just achieve our, like uh, 360 coverage, essentially. Like Makes I just have sense. complete coverage of the entire scene. And then, uh, you know, God forbid my two nice cameras don't have a nice shot. GoPro is marginally worse, but it's passable. You, in the moment of the edit, yeah. you really aren't too distracted by a slightly lower resolution that to the other cameras, yeah. which is, and I don't Absolutely. even color grade. So, um, Oh no. Wow. No, no, it's really I'm not very good at color grading. I haven't figured that Who's one out yet. To, who, who has time to color grade? I don't know. It takes me forever <laughs> to edit yes. any video without, even without color grading. And I do my best to color grade. But I feel like for the most part, my saturation just ends up being too high because I don't yeah. fully know what I'm doing yet. You could use a white, one of those um, grayscale gray cards. Um, otherwise, okay. I find I just make it worse. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just don't even mess with it. I try and get it right in camera. That's fair. Yeah, I use my... The camera I'm using right now, I use a decent amount. I use my phone quite a bit. Honestly, I use my phone more than anything just because it's one of the newer Androids I can shoot in 4K and it's, you know, it's yep. light and I can put it on a small I tripod. Use my phone and, a lot. Yeah, it works sometimes, really well. If you, sometimes you're like, say you're broiling something, right? And it's going to take three minutes. It's like, do, do I have time to really set up another camera, right? Or, yeah. or maybe, GoPro is not getting uh, like a, a really nice shot in the oven, but the phone can. So you just use your phone. You yeah. get that shot with right. the phone, and you just weave it into the video. And you know, every 
all the technology is so good now that it's totally fine to 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 shoot to use it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've watched so many videos, like even like Casey Nastat. Um, I feel like I said his name wrong. Uh, you know, he's like, whatever camera you have that'll get the shot, that's the best camera you can use. And I was like, yeah, I'm that a makes sense. Casey's. Me too. I've watched so many of his videos. He's such a good filmmaker. His like. He you just you have to watch his stories. brother's channel now. His brother started a channel, Van Neistat. And okay. it's fantastic. Very different, but in the same, you could tell they're brothers. Okay. But you'll dig it. Yeah, I definitely have to, have to start watching that. I was a little upset because I know Casey's not doing as many videos anymore. Um, no. But I, I'm, I'm, getting my, I'm getting my fix from his brother. Okay. It's good to know. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Um, all right. We're a little over an hour now. Uh, I just have a few more questions. Kind of, I just kind of curious about when you first started editing videos, you know, this, this was hard for me. Like how hard is it for you to listen to your own voice on recording? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's hard when I know, like I didn't prepare well enough for a video. And it's it's mm -hmm. gonna be it's gonna be patchwork. That's what yeah. I know. It's hard, and it was hard in the beginning when I wasn't myself, mm -hmm. right? Okay. A lot yeah, of what editing, a lot of what I, my journey was, because I didn't want to ever be on camera ever in my life. This is mm -hmm. bizarre for me, right? Um, <laughs> but I um, I got to a point where I realized like I can't do this every day listening to this fake person on screen, mm -hmm. right? Like I have yeah. to be, I have to like this person that I'm editing. So yeah. stop being fake, right? It, it forced yeah. me to be the true real version of myself because otherwise I wouldn't be able to stomach it. And so a lot of uh, what the beginning, um, like the first few months of the show was, was figuring out how to be me on camera when it's a f you're 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 figuring out how to be you in a scenario you fabricated so it's like a, yeah. it's like a it's contrast um so everything about the situation doesn't feel comfortable you're standing there with a camera with lights on you that's not mm -hmm. that's not natural but right. you need to be natural and eventually like i was also depressed in the beginning I, you know like my Life had fallen apart. I was engaged, right? I was heartbroken. Um, so it was hard for me to even, uh, to, to, to be on camera without clearly visibly being upset about something. And I, even some yeah. of the comments I would get, people could tell. Um, so a lot of it was like a journey of like this, you know, it became, over time as you evolved and you do it, um, it became a little bit therapeutic, right? When you're like, oh. yeah. I, there's a person I like. It gives you confidence in yourself, right? Like, the, yeah. it, it went from somebody you hated to somebody you you realized you found familiar and you liked, and you start to mm -hmm. have a better better image of yourself, right? Regardless of whether you were told you're you're an idiot by 20 people in the comments, the act of you editing yourself over and over again and not getting sick of yourself or or being cringed or cringing at yourself. That was yeah. a, an important thing I think I had to go through. And I think it had, it really helped me become a, my own 
best friend a lot in a, in a sense because like I needed myself in that moment. Like you know, I couldn't really rely mm-hmm. on other people to pick me up after this the what what I had went through, and um, you know, it was felt very lonely to like do this process alone and be alone literally and figuratively um so like to, yeah. to to kind of get to know myself in a new way um it did a lot of good in that moment for me like not only for just being able to like support me like as a you know if we're talking about you know me and me in the mirror it's like support that mm-hmm. guy in the mirror don't just say you're an idiot or you can't do it or you shouldn't right. be doing this chant you know what i mean like it was it was good to kind of get to that point, um, and I think like that was like this journey of this point where like you watch yourself on camera and you're like, "Ew, who is that person?" And so I think that yeah. being on camera eventually will expose who you really are, and I think uh, it's a good thing. Or in a lot of ways, it's a bad thing if you look at some of the um, the news you hear of some of these YouTubers as of late who are in some hot water um Mm -hmm. you know it was in pursuit of the views to be on camera that they did horrible disgusting terrible things and you know it's like uh it's like captain america super serum uh super soldier serum right it just makes you whoever you are it amplifies it right so amplifies whatever um, you are yeah i just finished watching falcon and the winter soldier so that was top of mind I i haven't started yet don't say anything I need to watch it. I'm, it. I'm behind. I'm a huge, huge comic book nerd. Same. Same. Who's your favorite comic or superhero? Either uh, Spider-Man or Wolverine. All right. I, I'm assuming then you're you're more Marvel than DC. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an X-Man guy. Like I'm just dying for the okay. day where I get to see a really good X-Men movie. Yeah, me too. Like. There's been some okay ones, but I mean, we we're we, well, I'm 35. I grew up on that cartoon in the 90s. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. The greatest cartoon that has ever existed. And it's so, on like, par. Really... Like Spider-Man, the animated Spider-Man se- series was like one of my favorites. But that always like they were they either like one followed the other. They were always like really close to one another. You'd watch one and then the other. But the animated X-Men was great. Still holds up today. Absolutely, yeah. I started watching the Spider-Man series on on Disney Plus, and I was like, "This is great! I miss this so much." <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's my favorite. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. If anyone knows me, they know I have like two, three Spider-Man tattoos. But you know, took it to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But all right, I won't uh, I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Really appreciate coming and talking to me and uh, all of our viewers. Um, all of you watching, if you haven't subscribed to Not Another Cooking Show, you definitely should. It's worth watching. It's, he makes really awesome food, really great videos, so you definitely should check it out. And we look forward to your new stuff coming out, new channel, whatever might be coming out. So maybe, look maybe, forward maybe. To it. Uh, <laughs> maybe. We'll, but, uh, we'll see it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. And like I said, if you're ever in Chicago, you should uh, hit me up. Totally. I'm down. Go around. Make, make a video or something. Absolutely. 
All right. Uh, everyone else, thank you so much for watching uh, and have a good night. Have a good weekend and we'll see you next time. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.